everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend, we're here, we're doing life together, and we're so glad you've joined us. I say this every program, Dr. Linda. It's only been a week since we've done this program. Feels like a year. What? <laughs> <laughs> it feels like... I'm sorry, I feel like a day. Oh, okay, yeah, the, good. The, That's a good thing. Right. The weeks go by really quickly. Well, Dr. Linda, I know we're on the radio, but we will have to post a picture of your dog, Zoe, who comes into the studio to record our show. She's your 12-year-old poodle and who also serves as a comfort dog at the medical school where you teach. Can you hear her? She's panting right now. She just came from outside. <laughs> she did. She's making noise. And So people may not know that we moved the studio here a while ago, and I used to see your very old dog. Mm, that yeah. dog was very old. Hershey, yeah. He Hershey, was... and he recently passed. He did. And, um, you know, he died in his sleep, which is a good thing. Listen, Zoe's drinking. Can you hear her? <laughs> <laughs> but we get pretty attached to these animals, we don't do. we? You're and right. you've got another small dog now, Franklin, who's really sweet. He's a mutt from the pound, and he was the best thing for he our kids. He is great. He's a great dog. That's right. He's great. Well, there's a reason we're talking about our pets today, and it's not to uh, promote the Secret Life of Pets movie. You probably saw that. I've seen them both, yes. I haven't yeah. seen it. Today's show is about pets and relationships. Do pets affect our relationships in good and bad ways? What do they say about us as people and our relationships? And later, we're going to answer the question... Do pets go to heaven? Well, it's going to be a fun show. Sounds like it. A lot of people have pets, Chris, and we see them on airplanes now. You seen? An, <laughs> we saw this massive dog in first class, and it was lying on its master's lap. I've never been in first class on a <laughs> well, flight before. Are you kidding me? I, you know, you can see that when you're coming through, right? right exactly. You can see the dogs on there. But <laughs> our conversation today isn't so much about what pets do for an individual person, but what they do for relationships. And I think this is going to be really interesting. Pets and relationships. That's right. Right. Helpful or hurtful, deal breakers or what? <laughs> well, before we get into it, did you know that you can now take your pet into certain stores and go shopping with them? Well, I've seen this, yes. Okay, so I looked it up. Here are the stores I found, and it's mainly because they have concrete floors. Mm, so I right. guess that's an easier cleanup, right? Yes. So according to the website, wideopenpets.com, you can take your pets shopping. If you get in trouble, blame the website. Don't blame us. <laughs> All right. Let's start with the Apple Store. All I have to say huh. about that, one more reason to love the Apple Store. Uh, that's true. I love the Apple Store. Mm, right. I love going in there. Home Depot and Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble. Have you ever seen an animal in Barnes and Noble? No, because I thought they had carpet. They do. Hmm. So that doesn't fit the mold. I know the website said if you do take them into Barnes and Noble, you can't go anywhere near that little cafe area. Ah, okay. because that's where they serve food. They're not allowed there. Right. Bass Pro Shops. That makes sense. What about Macy's? And there's there's a place I don't know this one. Lush Cosmetics. Mm, no. Lived in a lot of cities. I don't know that. But here's my favorite all-time one, and we do take Zoe all the time into Pottery Barn. Ooh, right. They love, don't they? They know. I'm looking at mm -hmm. Norm. He's, he's in the in the control room there. Yes. We take her in, and they know her already. But what about Petco and PetSmart? Oh, yeah. You can de definitely have seen. <laughs> I've never seen a dog in Bath and Body Works. Yeah, me neither. I don't know. So you're going to have to check that website, maybe. <laughs> well, when you haul your pet around into stores and when you travel, we do have a question about this. Does this hurt or help your relationship? Well, according to a study that was performed at the University of Nevada in Las Vegas, that study says that the way people treat their pets and whether or not they have pets mm -hmm. plays a significant role in how people are attracted to each other. 
So they surveyed about, it's a little over 1,200 people that were single. They were registered on Match.com. Okay, well, before we get into the specifics, they did conclude that women seem to be more discerning about pets and dating in terms of watching men and making decisions about them. So guys, listen up. That's right. So they're saying that the women are looking at this Mm. and they're saying, hmm, as they're doing that. So 58% of women in their 20s said they were more attracted to a person who had a pet. Mm, Okay. So it could be, you know, could be something to help your relationship along. All right. 22% of men admit to using their pet to attract a potential date. And this works. I went to visit my sister where she was in school. We had our little black lab puppy. Yeah. Just me and oh, the dog. Oh, a puppy. Well, oh. Forget it. Forget more, it right there. More college-aged females See? bothered me about that dog. See? It's a good thing. And I said to myself, if I were single, this would be... Uh, it would just be a deal. It would be a game changer, right? right? They'd exactly. just be coming at... Well, so here's the thing. <laughs> they're also going to look at you, and they're going to see how you react to that pet. Mm. So women are watching that to see how they react. Right. If you're not reacting well, that's going to hurt you in the long run. 46% of women and 24% of men admit that they're more likely to initiate communication with someone in an online dating site if they include a pet in their profile picture. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Take a picture of you and your dog, and that will help you get a better match? I think so, yeah. Wow. Wow. So, and here's a really wild one for me. 83% of women say that they judge a potential partner's personality based on what kind of pet they have. Okay. So big number one, dog ownership is the one that they desire the most. Right. As opposed to cats. As opposed to, well, (laughs) we're going to talk a little bit about which pets are best in a minute here. I I would think that cats score pretty low. Well, you're going to have to wait and see (laughs) here. So as you know, a number of couples get a pet before they have children. I know Mm -hmm. a lot of people who did that, right? Right. And they try it as a trial run, but it's obviously not exactly the same. No. I think both you and I can attest to the fact that it does have some responsibility and there's a little bit of sacrifice that you have to have for a pet. Not quite the same as you would have with children, (laughs) but you know, we get the idea, right? So what are the most popular pets? Well, the number one pet is a dog. Followed then by cats. Which, See, ah, you, you were looking at that. You didn't look two. at your list. You had a list of all the popular animals. Right. And then what? After dogs, cats. Then fish. Fish. Bird, okay. And bird. rabbits. Rabbits? Rabbits, yes. Did you have any of those besides the dog? We did have the fish, mm-hmm. I have to say. We also had geckos and frogs. They didn't make the list. We have geckos and frogs now. See, they're probably more popular than people think. Yeah, Evie has a gecko, yeah. Okay, now one of our former neighbors, I have to tell this story, Chris, had a giant pet snake. Ugh. And they kept it in their bathtub. Mm. Bathtub. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. But our son loved to go there and visit the snake. Mm. And then one time he got out into the neighborhood and it was really creepy. Ew, I, I mean, everybody was looking for the snake. And I have to say, it did make me wonder about those people. I mean, who owns a big pet snake and keeps it in their bathtub? Well, I'm not going to go over and pet, pet sit the snake. Pet or pets pet the snake. Like, <laughs> when they're out, when they're out of town, I'm not watching the snake for them. I saying. got it. Okay. and I'm not going to pet the pet snake no, either. Okay, exactly. All right. Well, did you know that a study showed that people with spiders, then of course snakes. Okay, and, see snakes right yeah, there. And rodents aren't likely to get a second date. Well, there you go. Get rid of that snake. Oh, more than half of the people in that study said they wouldn't continue dating someone if they found out they had a pet spider. Mm, right. I've never met anybody with a pet spider. Have you? No. Okay. No. Well, ants 
bees, ferrets, and a few farm animals. <laughs> <laughs> laughing too hard at this list. 7% even said owning a cat was a turnoff. Well, that's a no-brainer. Of course really? they are. Really? Oh, yeah. No, you and I are not cat people, no. but a lot of our listeners right now are going to hate us no, if, no. We, if we say bad things about cats. So. There are a lot of people who love cats. And we do have a cat. She's wonderful. You do? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm allergic to them. That's one of the reasons ah. I have problems with them. But Well, it sounds like dogs are the clear winners for the dating scene. They also found that the type of dog matters to someone you date. You know, there's some really great things that pets can do for your relationship. So let's begin with the University of Buffalo. Oh, that's too funny. A University of Buffalo study. <laughs> Pet <University> Buffalo? Of- <laughs> But they did. In this study, they looked at pets and their relationships, and they found that couples who own a pet have closer relationships than couples who do not. But in the study, they found that marriages with pets are more satisfying than non-pet marriages, and that those marriages also respond better to stress Mm. because of their pets. So they measured this, Chris, by taking heart rate and blood pressure during marital conflicts, and Of course, their blood pressure and their heart rates increased during the conflict, but the couples who owned pets went back to a calmer level faster than those people who did not have pets. I think it's because there's a sense of accountability when the animal is watching. Well, but the... (laughs) I really do. (laughs) Well, all kidding aside, here's another good point from that study. Couples that own pets had more interactions with each other and other people. You know, that's a really good benefit of pet owning because the more social you are, it really does tie to overall good health. Mm. And the more attached you are to your pet, the more interactive you are with your spouse. So can you see that, that that those two things went together? Right. You mentioned Hershey at the beginning of of the broadcast. When we first got him as a puppy, we went around the neighborhood. Everyone wants to talk to your dog which that means they get to talk to you as well. Right, so So you become more social. And sometimes when people are really feeling down, I mean, so many people have animals and it really does make their their mood better Mm -hmm. and they feel less stressed and then they get out and they're doing something with the dog. And you know, I get stopped all the time with Zoe because she's so pretty. Right. So I have to do a little bragging here. Her daddy was best in breed at Westminster. Ooh, wow. Well, on that revelation, let's take a short break. But when we return, more with how pets can impact our relationships. Are there deal breakers when it comes to pets and relationships? More to come. Social media can be a real source of jealousy in our culture. It's so easy to be envious of a friend's fitness progress, a family member's new car, or a colleague's promotion. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I know I'm not the only one who plays the comparison game on social media. But if our self-worth is measured in the number of hearts our Instagram gets, we're missing the point big time. Instead of obsessing over the number of thumbs up you get, ask yourself, are my actions worthy of a thumbs up from God? I promise you, he doesn't care what your outfit of the day is or if you're drinking your first Starbucks red cup of the season. God already gave you a double tap when he knit you in your mother's womb. And the only filter we need is Christ himself, who erases our imperfections and makes us holy. Having lots of followers is great, but remember, God asked us to follow him first. And you can tweet that. Letting Go of Worry by Dr. Linda Mintel, available on her website at drlindamintel.com and online. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show, and today's topic is pets and relationships. We've got a lot more to talk about, but before we move on, I want to remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamintel.com. 
There you will find her blogs, books, and you can connect on social media. And remember, an easy way to know what she's writing about each day is to follow her on Twitter and Facebook at Dr. Linda Mental. And you can listen to the podcasts on iTunes as well. You know, we're talking about pets and relationships today. We're having a lot of fun with this topic, but mm. an animal really does need you, and you have to work together as a couple to take care of an animal. So right. there is a lot, Chris, that you can learn about somebody in terms of how they treat an animal, and you might even see a side of a person that you've never seen before. Isn't harm to animals one of the signs that someone has a major psychiatric problem? Yes, and, and when I take a history on a child and I find that cruelty to animals is part of that history, often it indicates a conduct disorder in that child. And when you see that in adults, you most often think about antisocial personality disorder. So while we're having a lot of fun with this topic, treatment of animals in a relationship can reflect a lot about that person, including a potential psychiatric problem. A study also found that 45% of people blame their pets for breakups. This study was based on dog owners. It relates to what you're saying. People see a dog's behavior as a reflection of the owner that can either help or hurt your love life. And apparently there are deal breakers for relationships when it comes to pets, like allowing a big dog to get in bed with you. You know, a lot of people do this. So there was a study on that, of course. And they looked at a 1,000 adults. This was done by the Harris Poll. And they found that 70% of pet owners allow their pets to sleep on their bed. Mm. Do you let your dog sleep on your bed? No, no. Well, we did our very first dog, and it it did become a problem. She was tiny, Mm -hmm. but she eventually would kind of force me out of the side of the bed. So it (laughs) it wasn't something good, so we didn't do it with the second dog. But that means that if you allow your pet to sleep in the bed, it might cause an issue between you and your partner. What about bad pet behavior? We know that can create a lot of stress in a relationship. And again, there was a survey that looked at that, and they said in this survey, almost half of the people said they would break up with a partner if Mm. they had a badly behaved pet. Right. They would break up over that. So I think it makes sense that pet problems allow you to practice your conflict skills and maybe work through how to deal with problems. So maybe that's more of the underlying issue that the pet is creating some conflict because of the bad behavior. It's a little bit like parenting, like we talked about before. You have to come together on a strategy and you have Mm -hmm. to figure out what to do. And if you're not doing very well on that, maybe you're starting to think we can't work together. I'm glad I didn't have Hershey before I got married because he was so crazy. Yeah. People would have said, Chris is crazy. I only knew him at the end of his life, and he was so (laughs) calm and mild. It's really hard for me to to see him that way. Right. Well, here's another deal breaker. Uh, The person who talks too much about their pet. There are terms for this. Pet parents and uh, fur babies or fur children. Oh, my goodness. Well, I actually do know several people like this, and I Mm. do have a person that I know, and they have no children in this case, but they really consider their dogs their children. And Norm and I know another person who has a dog who is treated just like one of their kids. So it's really a little bit over the top for us, but when they're together, the couple, they're both really into this and they seem to be perfectly fine with it. So I think the real key here is that if your partner's all right with that and you agree to focus that much on the pet, it's probably okay. But it's when you're around other people that don't have that focus that it sometimes can cause problems. I would think that the most important part of this would be to not prioritize your pet over your partner. That could create a lot of jealousy. And here's a really sad fact. In a 2018 people and pets study. Hmm. Here we go. People doing research on pets again. Half of female dog owners said they would rather spend more time with their dog 
than their <gasps> partner. Wow. They see their dogs as more emotionally supportive during a time of stress, but then the partner feels resentment about the time and attention. There's just nothing good about that scenario. You know, in all seriousness, it doesn't say much about the, in this case, the boyfriend. I know. If the dog is more emotionally supportive than he is. Or it could be a, a husband as well. And that's true, right? Yeah. Don't forget the expense that comes with a pet. It can strain a couple financially as well. And a lot of people go into getting a pet and don't think about that. Mm -hmm. And I know today you can buy pet insurance, but it's really expensive wow. to buy it. Here's another thing that I would encourage couples to think about when you decide about a pet. You can't be as spontaneous right. as you maybe want to be, especially at the beginning of a relationship. If you want to take off for a weekend, maybe you don't have kids yet, but you have to think, oh, what are we going to do with the dog? Who's yep. going to watch the dog? And then boarding can be expensive. So there is a little bit of sacrifice. Now, that might not be a deal breaker, but it's certainly something to think about. And wouldn't you say that it's important for couples to talk about what their pet means to them? For instance, some people feel that their pets are part of the family, and then others don't. If your partner didn't grow up with a pet, they may not understand why you feel the need to spend money on a pet or take them on trips and other things. So again, it goes down to a conflict about that, right? You have to mm. have the same type of expectations and how is this pet gonna fit into our family? And if your beliefs are different than the person that you're partnered with, that's gonna cause a lot of conflict. So you have to talk about how you're gonna raise this animal, how are they gonna fit into your family? And you know, if you don't deal with that, it's gonna create problems and conflict. Well, Dr. Linda, right now it's time to take a break, but when we return, this is a big question. Do pets go to heaven? This will be good. Stay tuned. Being a generous person can have big benefits for you. Giving your time or your money or even your talent to someone else can obviously help the receiver. But did you know that being generous can roll some positive benefits back on you? This is Dr. Linda Mental, the relationship doctor, and I'm here to share some of the benefits of generosity lower blood pressure, reduce stress, a better mood, and even longer life have been identified as benefits of being generous. That's right, physical and mental improvements for you just because you choose to extend something to someone else. What can you give? Your time, your talent, your support, oh, and yes, your money. You see, hoarding money like Scrooge may seem good for your wallet, but it's not so great for your health. One recent study actually showed that stingy behavior increases stress. So take a minute and just ask, what do I have that I can share? Then be generous and see how good you feel when you share something you have with someone else. Raising healthy kids in an unhealthy world. Available on Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. And available online where books are sold. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online. And remember, you can listen to the podcast of this program anytime on iTunes. And you know, I don't think I've never written a book about pets. Have you not? Really? I have not. Maybe after the show, I should. Right. They're right? such a big part of your life. It is. Know? And I love pets. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're being really positive about this. But it is interesting how they affect couples' relationships. It is interesting. You're right. Well, we're going to shift gears a little in this last segment and talk about something that uh, many of our children have possibly asked us about. It's, do our pets go to heaven? 
You know, it is a common question, and there was a movie. Wasn't there mm. a movie entitled All, All Dogs? Dogs Go to Heaven? That's, that's right. right. That's mm-hmm. right. So we want to make it abundantly clear that neither Chris nor I are theologians. Mm, okay, exactly. so we're going to do our best with this. And it's interesting, Chris, when my dad was dying, I was reading Randy Alcorn's book on heaven. Have you ever mm-hmm. heard of that book? I have, yes. It's called Heaven. It's just called Heaven. And it was really fascinating. And he does have two chapters in that book on animals and heaven. So we're going to share some of his thoughts on this. And you certainly can take issue with anything we're going to say. <laughs> but I really thought that his writing was quite thoughtful and I thought it was balanced. He makes the point that scripture has a lot to say about animals and that God entrusted them to us. And animals are referenced in God's eternal kingdom. The Bible does say that mankind and animals will enjoy a redeemed and a new earth. And Alcorn reminds us that animals don't have human souls, so we're not Mm. saying that, or aren't made in God's image. There's nothing in Scripture that references that. But humans and animals are different. But he does remind us how God took care to save the animals on the ark with Noah, and the new covenant is going to include, and the new covenant included animals. That's right. God used ravens to feed Elijah, a fish to swallow Jonah, and a donkey sees the angel that God sends to Balaam. So animals are in the scripture. Well, the biblical message is that God cares for animals, and he holds us accountable for them. And it's because of their value, Alcorn asserts, that their sacrifice in the Old Testament reveals sin's horror and the cost of redemption, pointing to Christ's redemptive work. It's a really interesting perspective, isn't it? It is, and think about this. Throughout scripture, we read that animals, they actually praise God. And Alcorn admits that he doesn't exactly know how that happens. But there are numerous references to creation praising God. And his argument is that when Christ proclaims from his throne on the new earth, I am making all things new, that all things may include animals. Mm. This is about restoring and enhancing the familiar. And humorous Will Rogers said, if there are no dogs in heaven, then when I die... I want to go where they went. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great quote. So we know animals will be on the new earth, which is redeemed and renewed. He wonders in his book, Heaven, if some of the old earth animals, including our pets, will be new in the new earth. He says God could do one of three things. He could create entirely new animals. He could bring back life to animals that have suffered in our present world. He could create new and bring back some old animals. So he's not saying that he knows the answer to all of this. It's just a very interesting perspective to take. So interestingly, Chris, C.S. Lewis talked about this as well. And he just says, if God agrees that animals should live again, they will. Mm, And in The Great Divorce, which I saw that as a play, I loved that play. He has a character in that play, Sarah, who is surrounded by animals she cared for on earth in heaven. So in a sense, we love animals because God created them. And we know there are stories of pets who lay down their lives for their owners or to to save a person. And Alcorn says we shouldn't correct our children when they pray to see their pets again. It's all up to God, and really, we just don't know. This seems sensible to me. Now, you may have differences of opinions about this. And again, we're not creating this as some kind of theological doctrine here. But on another note, John Wesley explained how animals benefited from mankind's faithfulness to God and suffered in human rebellion. And he was asked, will the creatures be restored? Here's what John Wesley said. 
Whatever affection they, meaning animals, had in the garden with God will be restored with vast increase, being exalted and refined in a manner which we ourselves are not able to comprehend. So we just know that there's a lot of references in the Bible about all of this. We're not sure how it's going to play out or what it's going to be, but we know animals will be a part of the new earth. So in the meantime... We just need to be kind to the animals. Yeah, just treat them well as a reflection of your appreciation for God's creation, and that will carry over to your relationship. Pets, especially dog, have been shown to improve the quality of our lives. We've been talking about that through this whole show. Mm -hmm. And I bet you didn't know that studies have shown that dogs can even sniff out serious health conditions, such as diabetes and cancer. I have heard this, yes. I think that's amazing Mm -hmm. that they can do that. Right. Really, pets just do good things for people physically and emotionally. And in fact, couples usually soften in their mood and their tone when it comes to their pets. Have you ever seen anybody come home from work and they're just really angry and revved up and then the dog greets them mm, and they, yeah. they just kind of soften? And have you ever heard anybody say something like, you know, I only wish she would treat me as kindly as the dog? I mean, we kind of <laughs> mentioned that before. It's a little bit sad. Or that the dog demands nothing of me, only gives me unconditional love. Mm. So maybe we can wrap up the show with just a few other takeaways from our pets. When I was young, my dad always said, be the person your dog thinks you are. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And really, no matter how we feel when we get home or what mood we're in, typically we greet our pet with a positive, animated hello or even a display of physical affection question is, do we do that with our our spouse? That's a really good point. And when it comes to expectations in a relationship, think about pets. With pets, maybe it's your lack of expectation that makes the difference. Mm. You know, you probably rarely predict that your pet will be angry if you're late. I don't think we do that. As a result, you don't head home defensively angry in preparation for the reaction you expect to face. (laughs) You know, it's something to think about. Maybe we should have less expectation of our partners. Mm, That's true. And pets mess up. They eat things they shouldn't. They make messes and get into things that get destroyed. Uh, Do you hold a grudge against your pet? Typically not. And are you petting your pet soon afterward? Typically so. Sounds like a good lesson to take into our human relationships. Yeah, and there's a natural tendency to forgive pets of any of their transgressions. Mm. After all, the dog was not trying to torture you by eating your slippers. (laughs) So maybe ask, was your partner trying to torture you by leaving his socks on the floor? Maybe we should apply a pet lesson here and assume the best. You already mentioned unconditional love and acceptance. There is a lesson there. Pet owners don't usually personalize their pet's reactions to others in extreme ways. They don't worry if their dog embarrasses them or if their image is damaged because of their dog. They just accept their weird things, the weird things that the cat does, like hiding from the screeching parrot. They laugh. You know, maybe we need more of this kind of acceptance with our own partners. That's right. And in most cases, pets are, for better or worse, they are home to stay. They generally just don't leave. That's right. And people love and care for pets of every size, every shape, and disposition. She's not exactly a watchdog, or she's loving but easily frightened. Those are some of the comments sometimes I hear from people, and they right. say, or maybe he insists on sleeping on the bed. We've given in. She steals food from the other dogs. She's pretty hyper, but she sure is cute. <laughs> well, not too many pets live with the fear of being betrayed or with the implication that some things are just not working out. That lack of fear enhances their trust and connection, both things we want to promote in our other relationships, especially our couple relationships. So for better or for worse, you love your pet. Now go and apply that to your partner.
Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mental, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.